0: Good morning, everyone. How are y'all doing today? Is everyone doing good? Can you hear me? Oh, How many of you stayed up late last night watching that? What was a ball game? I don't know. Anybody watch that? Y'all should have seen Scott again. He was yelling at the television. I'm telling you what. (laughs) Well, all right, folks. We've got a a lot to handle here real quick. I do want to read a, a... card that was sent to us by uh, Diane, Mitch, and the family. Dear church family, thank you for always loving us. Please know we cherish each one of you. Alex loved his church. Y'all continue to be in prayer for Mitch, Diane, and the entire family as they continue in this life without Alex being present with them uh, physically. I pray that we would reach out to them and love them and just allow Jesus to love them through us. Also, if you've got your bulletins, we are uh, doing the uh, week of prayer for international missions beginning this. I invite you to read and to pray for international missions this week with me through this guide here. Also, uh, the Lottie Moon Christmas offering will begin taking that up all the way through December. Remember, in Lottie Moon, 100% of the proceeds that we give go to the International Mission Board so that our missionaries, they go 100% to missionaries, for our missionaries to continue to reach unreached people groups. Okay? So uh, please, I encourage you to give uh, to the International Mission Board through Lottie Moon. This coming Tuesday, that's like November the 30th in two days, we need cocoa, cider, cookies, and you this Tuesday, November 30th for the tree lighting Santa arrival. The sign-up is in the vestibule on the organ side, back there in the vestibule on this organ side, not up here, back there. So if you can sign up, we need volunteers. We not only need cocoa, cider, cookies, we need you. Uh, if you can uh, be here at 515 uh We will have a light meal, and then activities will begin at 6. Remember, this is one way that we as a church are opening up our doors and ministering to the community. There are going to be opportunities for people to come in, and they're going to be right here with us. I encourage you to have conversation with them. I encourage you to have godly conversations with them. And I also encourage you to inquire about their spiritual Uh, Relationship with Jesus. Uh, That begins at 5.15. Door's going to open at uh, 6 o'clock, so I encourage you to come out and be a part of that. Our three-year-old choir preschool class is going to be here next Sunday. You're not going to want to miss next Sunday. Kids are going to be here. They're going to be singing. Remember, there's no telling what they're going to say. There's no telling what they're going to do. We're going to laugh. We're going to love. Also, remember that we will have many... Uh, guests here in our church next Sunday, and I want you to give them a warm welcome, a warm First Baptist Talapusa uh, welcome. Uh, if you would like to take a meal to the Wade family, you can uh, sign up in uh, the, uh, you can click on uh, Sign Up Genius, you can do that. Choir practice will be December the 5th and 19th at 530. We will be having a special call business meeting following the evening worship on December the 5th. Christmas cards, if you are doing Christmas cards uh, for our seniors, they are due back by uh, Sunday, December the 12th. All right, we are providing Christmas for five children this year. Please take an ornament from our angel tree and return your wrapped gift with the ornament attached to the church office by Sunday, December the 12th. Currently, we have 40 ornaments left. I want to encourage you to go get some more. And to spread some Christmas cheer and God's love by providing something for someone who has nothing. All right, the second Sunday evening worship together is, that sign up is on the piano side out in the vestibule. We'll be at the Odoms and that will begin at 5.30 on December, the Sunday evening, December the 12th. Folks, we've got a lot of stuff going on. I also want to uh, share with you this. Beginning December the 1st, this is something from Parent Q. This is on that, uh, in the vestibule, pen side back there on a table. This is something for you and your family to go through simply doing some things, preparing for Christmas. Uh, the first, first day, which is Wednesday, I believe, here's something as simple as it does. It gives you something to do every day. Every single day. So the first day of December, light a candle at dinner time or bedtime. Share your favorite Christmas tradition that you don't want to miss doing together this year. And then read Luke 1, 27. This is for the entire month of December. I encourage you to get this, to read through it with your family, read through it with your grandchildren, and let's really focus upon Jesus because He is the reason for the season. Folks, I'm glad you're here today. Will you bow your heads and go with me to the Lord in prayer as we prepare our hearts for worship? Heavenly Father, as we come to you, Lord, I ask you to watch over us today. Thank you for those who are here this morning. I ask you, Lord, just to continue to bless us. I pray specifically for Mitch and Diane to continue to heal their wounds, Lord. I pray, Lord, that as we look at the community who will be coming in and the community that will be reaching out on our front doorsteps this this coming week i pray dear lord that you would give us a spirit of courage and not one of fear and that we would engage people in conversation and dear lord that we would have godly conversations with them that we would pray with them dear lord we would ask questions about what it is we need to pray with them about Dear lord i pray that we would dare to ask them about their spiritual relationship with you and I ask you, dear Father, if they do not have one that we would dare to lead and fo- or to follow the leading of the Spirit, to invite them into a relationship with you, dear Lord. Dear Lord, I ask you now to go with us throughout this service. I pray that all that we do will bring you praise, honor and glory, Lord, it's in Christ's name. I do humbly pray. Amen. Good morning),
1: Good morning. Uh, I'd like to say thank you to the, some of you are here, some of you not here, but those that come and decorate the church on Friday night, uh, Wednesday night, whatever, you know. I'm so messed up because I was off, so it looks good. Philip. it's good to see your smiling face, buddy. You're making fun of me, getting my days confused I saw you. Let's all stand. <clears throat> Tell it to Jesus.
2: Alone. tell it to Jesus, tell it to Jesus, He is a friend that will go. You know other such a friend or brother, tell it to Jesus alone. Are you troubled at the thought of dying? Tell it to Jesus, tell it to Jesus coming kingdom are you side tell it to jesus alone tell it to jesus tell it to jesus he is a friend that's well you know other such a friend or brother tell it to jesus alone you may be seated
1: Love lifted me
2: I was sinking deep in sin, far from a peaceful shore, very deeply stained with sin, sinking to rise no more, but the master of the sea, her mighty despairing cry. From the waters lifted me, I say. Mighty and so true, marriage my soul's best soul. Faithful, loving service stood to to Me, long Love lifted me, love lifted me when nothing else could help. Jesus completely saves, he will lift you by his love out of the angry ways. He's a master of the sea, bellows his will obey.
1: bride will you bless all
3: Father in heaven we are grateful that today you have shown us your grace and your mercy Father thank you for this season that we remember all that you've accomplished for us what a great promise that despite our sin and rebellion your grace and your love triumphs to provide redemption Father thank you May the gifts that we give back reflect the love that we have for you. May you bless them for your kingdom. For it's in Christ we pray. Amen. Just simply means remembering the coming of our Lord. Today is the Sunday for hope, and our reading is in Isaiah chapter 9, starting with verse 2. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. For unto us is born. Unto us a son is given. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Let's pray together. Father, again, thank you for the hope that is in this season. Father, thank you that our text reveals your children's continued rebellion. And in the midst of this, you renew your promise of redemption. Father, thank you for your overwhelming love and grace. Father, I acknowledge that I have committed nothing to my salvation except for the need of it. And I'm grateful that in Christ Jesus is the fulfillment of this promise. And we long for that day when redemption and restoration will be ours. Even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. For it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen.
2: So-
1: which is Lonnie Vaughn's wife. Uh, she lives down in Muscadine. She run the post office down there for 100 years, I think. But Gay got news this week. She's eaten up with cancer. Uh, I want you to pray for Tawana Gibson and Frank. Uh, good, good folks, Christians. And also uh, Molly Robinson. Lost her life. Don't know what happened to her. Uh, I think she had the flu. She went south. And uh, she, she went the epilepsy journal with us. She's had all the surgeries Lee has and had got a job and was working. But this morning she woke up in heaven. So pray for her family.
2: Try, <laughs> oh, His Patients' hidden snares often take us unaware, and our hearts are made to bleed for so thoughtless word or deed, and we wonder why the test we will try to do our best, but we'll understand it better by and by.
0: Also praying for mr. Joe mr. Joe back there in the back mr. Uh, told me that is it your grandson your great-grandson,
1: great-grandson.
0: was uh, diagnosed with leukemia so I want you to be praying for Joe what what is your uh, grandchild's name what is your grandchild's name Joe little Joe, little Joe? Well, that's easy. It's easy to remember. It's easy to remember. I'll be praying for uh, that family. You know, I invite you to turn and open in your Bibles to, uh, I want to turn to Matthew chapter 4. And I've been doing a lot. Well, it's supposed to be on. You got me unmuted up there, Sam? There we go. We have been extremely busy here at the church this past week. I don't know if you've recognized that or not, but it has been—it's um, been one of those seasons. And as I have uh, had a couple of days off this past week to sit down and actually think and pray and try to seek the face of the Lord. During this Advent season, came a, a question that came to me it's why do we celebrate? Why do we celebrate and what do we remember? During this season of Advent, we focus upon the incarnation of Jesus, the Son of God, and we say things like this. You know, it's been said from here, I told Scott this wasn't anyway uh, aimed in his direction, but we've heard this before that the cross would not be possible without Jesus' birth. You've heard that. We believe that. I believe that this is a truthful statement, yet I fear that we have forgotten how Jesus lived His life with others. Actually, what I have come to decide over the last few days is that I believe that we do not want to know how Jesus lived life with others because knowing how Jesus lived life with others destroys our perception of how Jesus commands us to live life with others. So what was the purpose of Jesus' life? The cross is one purpose. We have to say that. We always have to say that the cross is one purpose. But I want to remind you that how Jesus lived among mankind is also a purpose of His life. Jesus living life with others. How did He do this? Well, in Matthew chapter 4, begin reading, and I'll pick you up with verse number 18. I'm going to read all the way through verse 22. This is what Matthew says Now, as Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending nets. And he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. As I look at this, Matthew reminds me in verse 18 of how Jesus was just walking by the Sea of Galilee. He was just walking by the Sea of Galilee where he saw two brothers, Simon Peter and his brother Andrew, casting a net into the sea. You Skip down into verse 21 and Matthew also tells us that Jesus was going on from there, from when he saw Simon and Andrew. He sees... He sees James and John, the son of Zebedee, in a a boat, mending their nets. And he looks at them, and he called them. One of the first stories of Jesus living life together with others is told right here in Matthew chapter 4. I want us to look and see what Jesus really is doing. He is living life with others while he is walking by the Sea of Galilee. That is what he is doing. He is out among the people. What is Jesus doing walking by the Sea of Galilee? In order to understand this, I need us to look in Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. You've heard this story many, many times. It's the story of Zacchaeus. Luke chapter 19, Jesus is entering Jericho and He was passing through Jericho. And there was a man called by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and he was rich. Zacchaeus was trying to see who Jesus was and was unable due to the crowd because he was short in stature. So he ran on ahead. He climbed up in a sycamore tree in order to see him because he, Jesus, was about to pass through that way. And when Jesus came to the tree, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for today I must stay at your house. And Zacchaeus immediately hurried and came down and received him joyfully. He received him joyfully. Yet when all the people saw this, they began to complain, saying he has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. But Zacchaeus stopped. And said, Lord, behold, half of my possession I am giving to the poor. And if I have extorted anything from anyone, I am giving back four times as much. And Jesus said to him in the presence of this crowd, Today salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost here in this story like the story in Matthew Jesus is passing through Jericho he is out and about among sinful people why verse 20 or verse 10 tells us Jesus tells Zacchaeus specifically the reason why the son of man has come is to seek and to save that which was lost Jesus lived life together with others where life happens most. Out where they were working. Out in the streets of Jericho where there was a sinful tax collector who was was just raking in the money. He lived life together with Simon, Andrew, James, and John out by the Sea of Galilee where they were fishing and where they were mending their nets, where they were following the trade that their father, their father, their biological father, had showed them and taught them. He was out in the workplace living life with the people who needed him most. He was living life together with others where real life happens because it is out there by the Sea of Galilee and it is in the streets of Jericho that real sinful men meet a real holy Jesus and they recognize that what they have been searching for in their jobs that cannot, cannot, cannot meet their needs, when they look and they have their eyes fall upon Jesus, when they hear His voice, they realize that what they have been seeking after is this man. And what this man speaks about. How this man lives his life and the hope that this man provides. Jesus lived life together with others because not only was He seeking to save that which was lost, but He was also demonstrating. He demonstrates to us, folks, He demonstrates how to make disciples. That's what He is doing right here. He is showing us and demonstrating how we are making disciples. Jesus, notice that He did not say in in. Luke 19 and verse 10, he did not say, I think at verse 20, he did not say that he came to sit in a pew and call people to come to church to be saved. That's not what he said. That is never being what Jesus has said. I wonder if we truly believe that Jesus commands us to live life together with others the way He lived life together with others. I've sat for the past couple of days and thought on these things in my own life. David Platt, in one of his books, he writes, Somewhere along the way, we have subtly and tragically taken the costly command of Christ to go baptize and teach all nations, And mutated it into a comfortable call for Christians to come, be baptized, and listen in one location. That has never been what Jesus has commanded us to do. Never. And we look at what He is doing here in the Advent, here in the Incarnation, what He is actually doing. He's revealing His mission, God's mission to sinful men. To come and to seek and to save. Not in a synagogue, but out where people are. Out where real life happens. Out where real people need a real Savior. Disciple making is not a call for others to come hear the gospel, but a command for us to go to others and share the gospel How many believe that one of the major purposes of Jesus' life, or coming to earth, the advent, was for God to show us how to make disciples? How many of you believe that? I point you to none other than Jesus Christ, God's one and only Son, coming to live this life with sinful people. We want to point to the cross, and yeah, the cross is out there. But well, we, cannot, we cannot miss how he lived life with people. We must never forget how he lived life together with people. It was in order to show us how to make disciples. Let me ask a question here How are we making disciples? How are we making disciples? How are you making disciples? How am I making disciples? How many people have you discipled this year? How many people have I discipled this year? These are the questions that have been upon my heart lately. Are we content with what we are doing? Am I content with what I am doing? Are you content with what you are doing? Are we content with what we are doing? Are we comfortable with our level of sacrifice? The rest of the story in Matthew chapter 4. He says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. If we are to live life together with others the way Jesus lived life together with others, then I submit to you that we must live life together with Jesus. We have to understand what that means before we can start living life together with others. But you know what? There's something about there's something about hearing Matthew and what he did and living life together. This first story of how he actually lived life together with people and how he lived life together with his disciples. There's something about that story that concerns me. There's something about that story that scares me. There's something about it that makes me ask, what is it to live life together with Jesus? What is it like? For Simon and Andrew, look at what Matthew tells us in verse 19. Jesus walks up to them and He simply looks at them and He says, Follow Me and I will make you fishers of people. These two brothers heard the call of Jesus. You know, today we say that people cannot simply decide to follow Jesus whenever they want. We believe that the Holy Spirit of God has to come upon their life and convict them of their sin and make them realize that they need a Savior. And then it's through that encounter with the Holy Spirit of God through which people follow Jesus or do not follow Jesus. How many of you believe that? Yeah, we believe that. That's what I've always grown up believing. It's what I've always grown up believing. Here, Jesus himself walks into the very presence of Simon and Andrew, Simon, Peter, and Andrew, and he simply says, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of people. Look what they did in verse number 20. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. No questions asked, dropped all that they had. Left all of their supplies, left their boat, left all of their fishing equipment, and followed Jesus. Let's look at what happened with James and John. They are at the very same day, or in the very same passage of Scripture. We see Jesus walking up, and he sees James and John while they were mending their nets with their father Zebedee. And when they heard Jesus, when they heard Jesus, They immediately left the boat and their father, and they followed him. This is what these men did when they heard the call of Jesus upon their life. They immediately dropped all that they had, left their father, left their jobs, and followed Jesus. They began to live life with Jesus. Zacchaeus. When Zacchaeus heard Jesus say, Hurry and come down, little man. For I must go today and stay at your house. What did Zacchaeus do? Did he stay up there and say, well, wait just a few minutes, Jesus. Let me ponder over over what you're asking. No, that is not what Scripture tells us. Scripture tells us that he hurried down the tree. That he hurried down the tree. And then what does Scripture say that he did? He received Jesus Christ. Joyfully. He received him joyfully. And then, as he was walking with Jesus, Zacchaeus, as he's walking with Jesus, he stops. He stops and he looks at Jesus. There's conviction within his heart because of what Jesus is asking him to do. And he looks and he turns. He turns the other way. We see him turning just as these other four men have turned. He stops and he looks and he tells Jesus, Behold, Lord, half my possessions. I'm a rich man and I become a rich man by stealing from people and unjustly persecuting people. Lord, I'm going to give half my possessions. I'm going to give to the poor. And if I've extorted anything from anyone, I'm giving back four times as much. As I think about how these men follow Jesus and what that means in my life, it scares me. We talked about this a little bit last Sunday night. It sometimes terrifies me. What does following Jesus require? Living life together with Jesus requires complete radical obedience. Platt again in his book Radical Rights, We can so easily deceive ourselves mistaking the presence of our physical bodies in a crowd for the existence of spiritual life in a community. Let me say this, this is, this is Mike saying here, it's not Platt's. This is Casey's, all right? Coming to church to check off a box, say a prayer, and only giving Jesus two hours during a week that has 168 hours is not living a life together with Jesus. This is not a life of obedience. That, my friends, I suggest to you, is nothing more than a life of rebellion against God. It's what I believe. As I think about that and as I look at my life and ask myself, Mike, how have you rebelled against God this year? How have you not allowed the the presence of God to come into your life and transform your life and allow you to live life with Jesus so that you can live life with others while living life with Jesus? Folks, it scares me. This lifestyle, this lifestyle of rebellion is an attempt to mold Jesus into our image instead of submitting our lives so Jesus can mold us into His image. But that's the problem, isn't it? Why do we want to mold Jesus into our image? This is again something Mike says. I believe that we are molding Jesus into our image because it is safer and easier than it is for him to mold us into his image. Having Jesus mold us into his image is dangerous. It is dangerous because he asks us to sacrifice the security. The security we have in who we are and what we do and our place in this life, our place in our community, our place even in this church. He asks us to sacrifice that security. We need to realize that if we do not risk our security in who we are, we will never realize the eternal security that comes through knowing Jesus Christ as our Savior. It is a security that only He can provide. These five men and more throughout the New Testament show what lives should look like when people are living life together with Jesus. Simon and Andrew leave what gives them identity and walk into the unknown to live life together with Jesus. James and John even leave their father to walk into the unknown. To live life together with Jesus. Zacchaeus gives away his wealth to walk into the unknown so that he can live life together with Jesus. Here's what I really believe before we can make disciples, before we can live life together with others, we first have to submit our lives and allow Jesus. You make us a disciple. That's what I believe. And I say that, and I have to tell you that that scares me. Because I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable where I am in life. I'm 48 years old and I'm comfortable. I've already gone and done the amazing things that 48-year-old people would not do in their lives. But then I think about Moses and how God continued to use him in his life. I think about all the disciples and how Jesus used this ragtag ragtag group, this motley crew of individuals, and how he discipled them so that they, in their hands, in their hands, because they knew what it was like to live life with Jesus, because they knew what it was like... With Jesus making them a disciple, they knew how to disciple others. And they were living, willing to give their life for it. In fact, they did. I wonder. I wonder if you were like me at at 48. And I know that's not old. I know Ledger looks at me and he's like, that's young. I know some of you senior adults, you look at me and you're like, well, that's nothing. Here's what I want to say. I don't think any of us are ever too old to have the Holy Spirit of God come in us and transform our life in a way that we can impact others with the gospel of Jesus. As we uh, have an invitation and come, Robin, as you come, you know, I need to ask each of you, I need each of you to ask yourself these hard questions. These are not easy questions. These are questions we're not going to have anything else we're going to do today. We're not going to have church this evening. We're not going to do anything else tonight. I'm going to go to, me and Lauren, we're going go to go uh, down to Muscadine and we're going to have Thanksgiving dinner with my parents. My sister and her family. Sometime later, I'm going to come back home and I'm going to sit in that house. And I want to ask myself, and I want you to ask yourself and your family these hard questions. Am I truly following Jesus by living life together with Jesus? Or am I just saying it? Am I going out or am I sitting here in the pews expecting the people to come to church? Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee through the streets of Jericho When we walk out these doors, do we share the gospel? Are we living life on mission while living life together with Jesus? Do you understand what living life on mission is about? Jesus' one mission was to come, to live and to die. I've already told you, I believe that we cannot separate one from the other. They are two intertwined events. They are so intertwined. Why? Because yes, the one He died and He redeemed us through His sacrificial death. But the other He led us. And of course, I've said this from this pulpit before. He lived a perfect life. It's something we'll never live. But He not only lived a perfect life, He lived a life that was relying upon the Holy Spirit to guide Him, to give Him strength and also He showed us how to live life together with others. It's where real people meet the real Jesus and their lives are changed forever. When we leave these doors, do we go out in our workplace? Do we do any workplace evangelism? Or do we just talk about the football games? Do we talk about the basketball games? Do we just talk about our children? Or do we somehow understand that living life on mission, together with Jesus, is about His mission? Letting the world know that He came to die for them, to save them from their sins. Folks, I don't know. I know this is a very interesting Advent sermon. But folks, I need you to understand, as we celebrate Advent, it's not just about His birth. It is about His life and why He came. That we need to understand what it means to live life together with Jesus. And we need to show up. We need to be men and women of God and dare to live life together with Him. We've never been promised that it would be easy. We've never been promised that we would make a million dollars, doing it? And we have been promised at the end of this life. We'll hear the Father say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Folks, why are you celebrating Advent? The reason I celebrate Advent is because I realize that Jesus, God's Son came to live life together with sinners in order to make disciples of, disciples of sinners and to die for the life of sinners. That's a pretty good quote, isn't it? If you think about that. The reason I celebrate Advent is because that I realize that Jesus, God's Son, came to live life together with sinners in order to make disciples of sinners and to die for the life of sinners. Jesus' entire life from birth to the cross was about living life on mission. I believe it is time, I, I believe it is time that you, in fact, I submit to you that I believe it's time that we start living life together with Jesus on mission, making disciples and start being the church and stop playing the church. I want, want you as you stand, Scott, as we, we get uh, this song is going to be page 309, Lord, I'm Coming Home. This next week, over the next month, I can't imagine a better time to introduce someone to the Lord Jesus Christ or for someone to accept Jesus as their personal Savior than through the Christmas season. There's no greater gift than someone can receive than the eternal life through accepting Jesus. I want you to think of at least one person in your life that doesn't know Jesus. And if you can't think of one person that doesn't know Jesus in your life, then we need to get outside of our current sphere of influence. We need to go up to Johnny's Bar and go in there and start sitting down having conversation with people. We need to start doing the things that Jesus would do with people and not what church people would expect us to do with people. We need to go and we need to sit down and we need to have our sphere of influence extend out so that we might meet just one person. I would suggest we need to meet many more than one, but we will start with one. Let's start with one person in your life that doesn't know Jesus as Savior. I want you over the next week, I want you to write that person's name down. I want you over the next week to begin praying for that person. I want you over the next week to share that person's name with someone within this congregation and ask them to begin praying for you, with them, for you, praying with you about that person so that they might come to know Jesus as their Savior. I want you to begin to pray for the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God to come upon your life and to lead you into conversations that might make you uncomfortable. Why do we think that we, we shouldn't be uncomfortable for Jesus when He got really uncomfortable for us? You think dying on a cross is anything that is comfortable? Hey folks, we need to realize what He did. And we need to realize that we need to dare to have these conversations and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and have these conversations. We're going to ask that you begin to live life as Jesus lived His life. Over the next week, we'll have more to come next Sunday. I want to ask you this question. It's the only question that I have that remains. And it is the question that was left with these five men. And it is the question of will you follow? Will you follow Jesus? Will you follow Him into the highways and byways to live life with others? Live life with others the way He lived life with others. Folks, folks, I invite you to come down. I invite you to come down today and begin praying for that one person in your life that needs to know Jesus. I'll be here. I'm going to turn around and I'm going to pray because there's people in my life that need to know Jesus. I'm going to pray for that person. and I invite you to come down and pray for your person as we celebrate the hope that Christmas offers. The hope of Jesus. I invite you to Scott.
2: I will want...
0: Go through this journey, sit down with your, with your family and have co- conversations about the sermon as you uh, go throughout the rest of the day. Folks, remember Tuesday we will be ministering, we will be serving people here. we having many people come in, there are going to be people out on the doorsteps of our church watching Santa Claus come in. going to be our I think our uh, preschool is going to be singing. I want you to come out and support them while they sing out on the uh, front steps. They will also, of course, be here uh, next Sunday. Uh, But folks, here's a perfect opportunity for us to go be the church and to live life as Jesus lived life with others. I encourage you to come out. Remember, we still need, we still need, we've only got about 15 dozen cookies. And... uh, uh, I think that's right, isn't it? And 15 dozen cookies. We need about 15 dozen more. So uh, I invite you not only to give, but I invite you to come and let us start being the church that Jesus has called to be His light into this community. Scott, let's sing about how great God is, and then we'll be dismissed. How
2: great is our God.